Hey everyone, Igor and Benji here at the Contractor Revolution Studio. Today's episode is all about next level onboarding. So as business owners, we often forget what it's like to start at a new organization. It's really intimidating, right? It's not unlike your first day of high school. You're working through all sorts of insecurities. Will I fit in here? Did I make the right choice? Are people going to like me? This is how your new employees are feeling when they roll up to your shop or step foot on your job site for the first time. Now, the way that you make this person feel in the early stages of your working relationship can have really lasting effects, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. So you do a great job of this, right? And you will have a bought-in employee that is excited to bring their best to an already vibrant culture. But the reverse is also totally true. Right? You bring somebody into a chaotic mess, they feel unsupported, they're a little bit confused about where they fit into the greater organization, and you can do irreparable damage here. So believe me, high performers, the guys and girls that you want, they're checking you out uh, and making an awesome first impression, it matters. Today on the show, we have Kurt Jansen, co-founder and CEO of Beyond Foam, a Calgary-based spray foam contractor. Now, Kurt and his business partner, Kevin, they started the company back in 2006, but recently have made huge strides in their growth. In the last three years, uh, they've doubled. They're on pace to do well over $8 million this year. Uh, they've got about 40 employees, and they've got more growth planned for the future. They're expanding so fast, in fact, that they're currently looking at buying some land and building a new shop to fit their rapidly expanding team. Now, one of the keys to their explosive growth has been creating a robust onboarding system that not only teaches new staff all the technical aspects of their role, but more importantly, it injects new team members with Beyond Foam's cultural DNA. This episode was a ton of fun for us. Kurt is so incredibly passionate. He cares so much about his people and it really shines through in our conversation. Kurt brings us a ton of insight into the processes that make their staff onboarding system so powerful. In this episode, we're going to dive into how he plans every new individual's first start day, their first week, uh, to make them feel like a part of the team in a very short period of time. He's also built a really cool, what he calls a human scavenger hunt that breaks the ice very quickly and helps every single new employee get to know the rest of the team very quickly. He also tells us about uh, what, what's a funny, he, he calls it a no turd policy that allows a whole bunch of their existing staff to vet new hires they rarely make hiring mistakes, but when they do, they get uh, dealt with, so to speak, uh, very, very quickly. Um, he, Kurt's also taken most of his whole training process and he's digitized it using technology to collapse time frames and to get people up to speed in their roles very quickly and ensure a very high standard of quality on all their job sites. Best of all, what I love about this conversation with Kurt is he boils it down, all of this stuff, to very simple concepts that I truly believe any contractor can take and implement uh, into their own business. So let's sit down for a very insightful and fun conversation with Kurt Jansen. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Kurt, welcome to the show. We're really excited to do this with you. Thanks, man. Appreciate being here. So, um, 
I wanted to start this conversation off uh, with something that you you'd brought up when we were talking about this. Kurt, you said you you began this whole process by putting yourself in the shoes of of a new employee, and I thought that would be a good place to begin the conversation. What did you mean by that? So when we started trying to narrow this down to how do we onboard people the right way, we wanted them to learn a certain amount of things, and we wanted them to feel a certain way as they went through that whole entire process. You wanted you wanted them to learn stuff, and you wanted them to feel stuff. Exactly. Yeah, like it's not just a, you know, drop a manual in front of their lap and tell them to read for four hours. Um, it was, it, it was meant to do something that would connect them to our company, connect them to our DNA, get them to understand what we were about, why we did the things we did. Um, because when they start seeing that big picture, when they start feeling that big picture, all of a sudden their job can start when their wheels are spinning a hundred miles an hour already. And so it wasn't just a knowledge base and it, it, cause we could have done that very easily is just, just fed them with data um, but they're not going to feel what we want them to feel here because there is a connection there's something that we try and do differently than other construction companies right and this is something that we talk about a lot uh, like like first impressions matter a, a great deal and so 100%. what impression are you trying to make on your new people when they start with you how do you want them to feel after a few weeks yeah well i think it comes da- back to you know we have a core value, like we have our core values that we live by here. And, and, and whether that's, you know, the being relational or quality driven or pursue excellence, you know, all those things that we try and really do on a day-to-day basis. Um, like that's important for them to see that and, and to get that overall picture of what we're doing, why we're doing it. And, and for us, those core values, I started asking myself, does this take like, one day for them to learn it? Does it take three days? Does it take six months? Uh, does it take a year? How long will it take to get somebody to feel the way we want them to feel? Because we feel like culture is a, a person. It's it's when you walk into a room, you walk into beyond foam, you feel a certain way, right? And and so if we set that up well at the beginning, what was what does their journey look like in our company? And and so I'm a guy of momentum. I, I need momentum. If I hit a baseball and I round second, I'm going to third. Like I'm not stopping. There's too much train moving moving forward. And so I, I kind of put that philosophy into this too is when we start a person off at beyond if we started creating momentum right from the get-go, how fast can they get to third for us? How fast can they represent us well? They, they, how well can they produce for us? How will it change their mindset when bad things happen or obstacles come in their way? And all these things kind of came into that momentum of if they learn and feel the right things from the get-go, what is it going to do to impact the rest of their journey with us? Mm-hmm. And that those first few days, those first few weeks, that sort of echoes throughout their entire time with the company, either positively or negatively. And I think that that's something um, business owners can forget sometimes or, or lose touch of. Like uh, the experience that somebody has in the first few hours is something they're going to be thinking about weeks later. And the, and the experience they have in the first month, that's something that's going to, uh, you know, they're going to carry through years down the road with you at Beyond Foam. So, I, th- I think it'd be really good to, to start sort of with maybe just explaining for the audience, like there, there's two sides to onboarding, right? There's, there's right tracking and there's fast tracking. Igor, can you kind of unpack this framework uh, thoroughly for us? Yeah, for sure. And just before we, as, as we get into that, um, one point I want to make to what we were just talking about is, is when you're hiring really high performers and there's of course like 
you know, high performing companies, they do a lot to hire, to hire and bring on strong, strong people. There's really no point of putting them into a weak onboarding process because that's, that's the level that you set, right? So yeah, absolutely. It sets the, it sets the stage, but I'd say even more so you're almost telling them, here's the level of execution that we expect for everything you do, whether you're a salesperson or you're on the tools or you're an operations manager, this is the level of standard of work. And if you come in as the leader, really well prepared, all the stuff's dialed for them. I'm excited to get into all these details with you, Kurt, but when you get into it at that level with them, and that's the first impression, that makes an impact on them. I've seen this. I've onboarded hundreds of people directly. That that sets the bar of what's of how we execute as a company, all of us, right? And if that bar is weak, that mentally becomes their bar that they're looking at, right? And if it's high, that's that that that's what's going to set the precedent for the years and years to come in their career with you. So, um, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. This stuff's super important, and and yeah, there's there's really two sides to it, right? Like what you're doing on one hand is you're looking to get them dialed into your culture, right? Into the DNA of who you are as a company, the mm. values you stand for, your purpose, your vision, and to integrate like culturally with people. That stuff is so so important, right? Yep. So that's one side of it. Um, and that, I guess, we're, we're calling here right tracking. And separately from that, we have this fast tracking concept, which is really around, like, how do we get them uh, as competent as possible in their role as fast as possible, right? And, and there's so much that I'm super excited to get in here with Kurt because he does really amazing things on, on both sides of this. But some of his, like, systems and processes around this fast tracking, getting them skilled up in the mm. competencies is super cool. But I really do think we should start with this right tracking concept, this cultural concept. How do you have someone feel like a part of the team as quickly as possible? Because I do think that that is the foundation to everything. It's like when you walk into a party, right? There's everyone always, when you don't know people, there's always a bit of that nervousness, right? And that's that's how even the highest performers feel when they when they when they come into the organization. So um, I think that this is the first point I'd really love for us to dive into, which is, you know, what are some of these really amazing things that 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 Kurt does at Beyond Foam to get people to feel uh, like a part of the team? So what, why don't we start there and then and then and then we'll get into some of that technical stuff after. Sounds great. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, b- before we jump in, before you ask me a question, I'd like to say that what you, we're going to talk a lot about Kurt and Beyond Foam. Um, Kevin is is equally um, a part of Beyond Foam and is a huge part of our culture and what we do. He's my business partner in this. And so I know we're going to be talking a lot about me and things that I'm doing. So I want I want you and everyone to, that's listening to kind of understand that, you know, there's there's someone that's behind me, beside me that is doing le- legitimately a majority of the work along this. So I don't want this to be the Kurt show. Um, this is definitely... The, the Kevin show that Kurt gets to be the face of um, in a lot of uh, these situations like like this podcast today. Awesome. Well, I know we're going to get into so much good stuff in the next uh, in the next little bit here. So uh, perhaps for another episode, we'll uh, we'll certainly have one too. So that's there good. Go. But uh, yeah, so Kurt, what I'd love to know here is like, so if 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 I'm a new uh, a new member of your team, so I go through the interview process and I get hired, paint the picture for me a little bit about like what what does that even before the first day coming to my first day, what does that world look like at at Beyond Foam? 
Yeah, but that's that's a great question because it all starts, you know, it actually, and I think we're going to dive into this a little bit later on, but it all starts with how we build our I- ideal candidate, right? How do we find the right person to onboard um, to get to get to there, right? And so, so now we fast forward, we have the right person and uh, they come into the office, they sign their employment agreement, they understand their deliverables, their accountabilities, they, they know kind of what we are going to be, the metrics we're going to be judging them on. So they know this two weeks a month, whatever, before their actual start date. And so at that point, um, what we do as a company is we have, we try to figure out a list of everything that we would, they would need to get going that next day, you know, or, or the day that they start. And so it, it's a simple checklist for us. You know, do they need a phone? What apps do they need on it? Do they need a computer? What programs do they need on it? Do they need a certain set of prep reg, you know, mass sizing, what kind of cards they have, like safety cards, all that kind of other stuff. And we, we accumulate all this information uh, from them at that employment agreement signing meeting. And and so now they've, they've signed this agreement. Um, we in the background are busy going to get their, their swag bags um, but they, they when they show up they have their shirts in their size their hoodies their hats you know depending on if their sales or frontline worker it's it's a different package for them um, they everything's kind of sitting on their desk or, or on their workstation for them so now let's fast forward again to the let's say they're starting on a Monday uh, on, on Thursday or Friday they get an email from me sent by our ops lady Tammy uh, basically saying hey welcome to the team I'm welcoming them to uh, joining us I'm glad they're coming and I tell them this is what you can expect you know our crew show up at 7 they're out of the shop by 7.30 we want you there at 7.30 you're going to go and see X the person that hired you they're going to introduce you to Tia um, bring a lunch bring some snacks bring some water we have lots of water and coffee here um, get ready to go because it's going to be a busy day uh, of getting you onboarded. And that's kind of how we try and start it. Because the last thing you want is, you know, someone wants to come in and they're, they're a balloon that's pumped up. They want to show off kind of their skills, what they can do. And if they show up and we start deflating the air and we start, you know, losing the momentum that they want to create in, in the company, then we're doing them a disservice and we're doing ourselves a disservice. So we want to make sure that, you know, whatever they're coming with in with that energy, whatever it is that we match it or beat it so that we're setting that bar for them. You know what I think is so cool um, of what you just said? It's such a simple thing that anybody could do relatively inexpensively. Is they arrive and they get a present on their first day. You're like, here's, yeah. here's all your stuff. Here's your computer. Yeah. Here's your equipment. Here's a nice hat. Here's a shirt that fits. Um, yeah. Like, what, what a nice touch. What a soft landing to make for someone who's probably totally nervous like it's their first day of grade eight it's like like am i going to fit in here there's some insecurities and you just kind of open the open the relationship up with like here's some really great stuff for you to use we're excited to have you totally and and one thing i'll add to that to this earlier point of like setting the bar of how the company executes think of the impression that's made for them of you know on one hand you know in most companies actually and and i'd love to hear benji your your kind of some of your background on this but uh in some companies you come in and nothing's prepared right they're like there's no schedule there's no agenda it's like what do you want to talk about and versus on the other hand you walk in and you're like here's your phone all your apps are loaded here's your computer all the applications you need here's your calendar everything's preloaded for you this entire week where you are and when here's your swag pack everything's in your size right the first impression is like wow this company executes at a high level and i better do too yeah right yep. and, and how do you feel like when you show up at my shop benji and i got a shirt for you that fits you 
you know, like that, that's a feeling that you're not, that you're not going to lose right away. Right. That's built. That's building a lot of that relational capital. 100%. Yeah. I love that word. I just want to pause there. Relational capital. Can we just dive into that for a sec? Kurt, how do you interpret that and think about that? Well, (laughs) well, it's, it's all, all Jocko Wilnick, right? Um, just, uh, we, we, we all have capital that we put into people's lives and sometimes we're going to ask them to do things and we're going to take away some of that capital. Something, sometimes as a company, we're going to be able to help them out and we're going to put that back into that relationship. And, and for all, like, we're so relationally driven. We, we, you know, the quality of the relationship is the quality of beyond um, for us. And that, that's, that's kind of throughout the company from me to an installer, from an installer to a client, from us to a vendor, like the relationships are huge. And so if we always feel like we're pushing putting more stuff into that capital bucket, then we can ask things from people and, and they're going to say yes, not because they feel obligated is because they feel like they want to contribute back and make us a success. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. To Chris's point, right, we, in, in the contracting world, uh, it's people driven, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's human asset. It's mm-hmm. people doing great work with amazing customer service, whether it's residential or commercial, but that's what separates great contracting companies from the week. And how do you do that? You build into your people with relationship yeah. capital, right? And uh, and this early onboarding stage is such a great first opportunity to do that, to really build into them. So that's there's, awesome. There's a competitive edge available to a business yes. that does this well. Um, you know, we're, we're, I, I know we, we'll talk about this later, but like this stuff isn't that complicated. And if you do it well, you um, stand out in a way that you may not even realize. Like, you know, a big part of my role with Breakthrough Academy is just, is just meeting contractors and talking about their business systems. And this onboarding thing comes up a lot, right? Like a, like a fairly typical sort of old school approach to this is, hey, you're, you're hired. Uh, welcome to the chaos. Uh, hop in this truck with this dude. Follow yeah. them around for a couple of weeks. We hope you learn something. If you don't, you're, you're probably going to get canned. And um, yeah, good luck. Like It's like... That that you you are not. Um, I mean, a that's not a really high performance practice, but b you're really shooting yourself in the foot because th- this is this is something that you can very very easily uh, be better at compared to your competition. The bar sure. is very low globally speaking. Uh, so I just think this is low hanging fruit for a business owner to invest in. Totally. Well, I think we're going to play the game. How many times are we going to say this is not rocket science today, right? Like, it's, like it isn't. It's not. It's just common sense stuff that we're just going to, that we just kind of work through in a systematic way. Totally. Awesome. So on that note, guys, I'd love to get into some really practical stuff because what I'd love the audience to, to, to see and hear here is just, is is exactly what you said, Kurt, is like this stuff isn't rocket science, but it's so cool and so powerful. And yet most companies don't do it. So I want to kind of uh, carry on with this. So we talked a bit about like how you set up for this first day of, of a new team member joining your team. How do you inject that? Uh, let's call it like uh, cultural DNA into these new employees. For sure. And I, th- I think that I kind of have to explain what we do um, a little bit step by step to kind of get into that so that you, you see the big picture and then the, then the little pieces. So, um, so when, when you show up the first day, so, so Benji shows up, he's got his, He's got his hat and his steel-toed boots, and he shows up at Beyond Foam and walks his way to the office. He knows where that is because that's where you know he had his interview and and all that stuff. Um, how our process works is we we've decided to build this human scavenger hunt, and what we and again 
that we want them to learn things from different people in our company. Um, and so that was kind of the, the mindset in creating it is that they're going to be going around getting the right information from the right people. And we did this very selfishly um, in the way that it's, it's, maddening when our operations girl gets asked all the time, how can you help me with my time card? Where that's our HR department, but they're, they're bugging the wrong person. So it costs us something as a company every time that someone's, you know, flicking nickels at their head and taking their time. So if we can eliminate a lot of those conversations, a lot of, then then our business can be better. We're going to be more profitable. We're going, to, we're going to do better as a company, right? And so so the whole scavenger hunt idea came about because we wanted to put the right questions in front of the right people, not just on Monday, but for the next 15 years, right? We want, we want them to keep on going and knowing where to go. And how do you do that if you don't know their name? How do you do that if you have nothing in common with them? How do you do that if you don't even know if they're approachable? You know, how do, how do you do it if you don't know where their office is? And so some of those really practical things we just put into a systematic way. And we, we use a, a program called Lessonly that helps us out with that. So, so Benji shows up, gets introduced to Tia, and Tia is my rock star assistant. And so she, she really is my implementer of my big ideas. And, and so she says, okay, let's go see your workstation. She walks you to where your workstation is. And that's where you see your package, your, your swag bag, your computer, your prep bag, whatever. And we have a couple different onlining paths that we use. Uh, we have like an office sales manager path. We have a frontline worker one, and then we have what we call our seasonal worker. And, and so ben, Benji, he's, he's a muscular stocky man. So he's on the tools. He, he, he wants to spray some foam for, for, for us. Mm-hmm. And so T brings him to the area where he's like, yep, the, these are your t-shirts, your hoodies, your hat, this is your prep bag. And um, so now I, the first thing you want to do when you start working at our company is you want to learn how to get paid. That's why you're there. Right. And so we show you the app that we use to log you on. It's already on your phone. You're, you're good. You're good to go. Right. So you, you can log on, you can punch in your hours and you learn about that. The second thing she does is she teaches you how to get onto Lessonly, which you already have that app as well on your phone. You have your login, your username, your password, it's all there for you. And it's, it's a very intuitive thing where you can go through and you watch videos, you answer questions, you do that kind of stuff. So step one is they're going to go and they're going to find um, out of just a video of me talking. And the video of me talking is just saying, hey, welcome to our group of companies. And this is me. My name's Kurt. This is Kevin. We started this back in 06, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of just talk a little bit about why we started the business. And they get a little feel of, hey, you know what? These guys were just owner operators not too long ago. Now, we're, we're a company that's been more established. We have mm-hmm. the, you know, X amount of staff, all that kind of other stuff. And we do that through visuals of pictures of our guys um, talking just a little bit about our culture and what they can expect for the day. Um, just, we want to outline that again, that, Hey, this is, this is our, we want to be set up for you. So you're set up to go. So after we're done doing that first one, what they actually do is the, the, the sheet says, now you got to go find Tammy. And so Tammy is our operations person and she's the one that gets bombarded um, with, with people asking her questions. Um, she's, she's the busiest person in our company um, by far. And so we want to make sure that she can, people are communicating with her the right way, the right systems, knowing what to do with text, what to do with phone calls, how, what you do when you're sick, what to do when you're off, you know? So, so by the end of a 15 minute conversation with Tammy, Benji would know exactly all the phone numbers that he needed to text if something went wrong on a day or a client wanted something or he would know all that stuff. And because it's in this program, he can always just, 
keep on going back to it. He, he doesn't have to ask the question anymore. He just goes back into that level that's in phase two and he, he can reread all that. How we inject our culture into this, because that's the learning part. The feeling part is we want Benji to know Tammy. Like we want him to, to understand Tammy and get along with Tammy. There has to be a relationship there. And so we do something funny in this part where we tell you to Google a short person joke. Uh, Tammy's not very tall. And so you have to Google a short person joke. You have to tell Tammy that joke. If she laughs, you can, you can stay with us. If she doesn't laugh, then you're, you're done working for beyond group companies at that point. Right. And so it's just a little thing that we do just to get to know that person a little bit, a little, create a laugh, create a story, create, create a little bit of a feeling um, in there. So that's, that's kind of where we're at with that. I love the piece about about um, just getting getting to know her on a personal level. I, do, do you sort of set up questions or cues for other people in the organization? Do they know what questions to ask you, or do they know what you know the project manager's personal interests are? Like, how do you yes. kind of do that around the company? Hundred percent. Yeah, we do that with everyone in the company. So as they, you know, and I'll kind of fast forward it, but they go from Tammy, and then they're going to go see our safety person, uh, which is normally all you do when you get onboarded. You get thrown down this binder, you get to read right. through it, you know, sign the pages that you read it, which you never do, and and then you're kind of done. Um, when they talk to Tia, they have to ask her, you know, you know, if she could be any animal, what would it be and why? And I told Tia she's never allowed to answer the same question twice the same way. So she can't always be a unicorn. She has to be different things, right? And, and so it just, it creates again, another little bit of rapport. So the next day, you know, when, when Benji comes in, she goes, he goes up to Tia and it's like, Hey, how's the grizzly bear today? Right. Well, that, that's a culture thing, right? right? That's a, that's a feeling that now there's a rapport. There's something built between you guys. Um, other, other personal questions we do, we talk about recreation, Kevin and whoever's onboarding. We'll talk about where their favorite places are to vacation. I talk to people about sports. You know, what do you, do you play? What do you like? What do you watch? Um, we try and find some commonality in that. Um, so we're, we're doing all those types of things um, to make sure that they feel connected to us as people as much as they're figuring out what they're learning um, at the yeah. same time. Yeah, what I love about this is uh, we talk about this concept of this like cultural DNA and the name of the game with onboarding is how do you get someone new to get sort of injected with that cultural DNA as fast as possible and what I think most leaders don't realize is that you have that DNA all throughout the organization right. with your existing team and what people fail to do is just to think a little bit methodically like you know as to what kurt is saying around like how would i go do that with some intentionality while you just make sure that in their first day their first week that they have that time and maybe it's in the form of a game or in the form of you know scheduled time slots with specific people however it might look but that you just get them to hang out and spend totally. some time together because yeah. once that once that relationship is built when that individual has certain things they're trying to figure out or certain problems which they inevitably will in their first few months they know who they who they can go to and the, because the, the the baseline connections are there so i think that as a leader it, it it's, it's definitely worth your time to think through a little bit like I said, whether it's in the form of a game or just schedules or however else you want to actually bring some intentionality to how you have a new person meet the rest of the team in a very organic, relational type of totally. way. Totally. You, you want them to fall into rapport as quickly as possible. And it might seem a little bit gimmicky, but me on my first day, knowing that my boss, Kurt, is into, you know, into sports. What's your favorite team, by the way? 
I'm an Oilers fan. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I might make it difficult, but no, I know I know that you're an Oilers fan. I can make fun of you for being an Oilers yes, fan, right? 100%. Like yeah. that. And that's me, the point. That's the point. Like, yeah. and so that tiny little cue, knowing that it gives me something to lean into on day two when I'm maybe a little yep. bit nervous and I want to break the ice. Like we as leaders, we forget how nerve wracking it is to do this because we've probably owned our own business for a few years. And it's, 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 um, it's sort of an abstract concept, but you know, these new people are, they want to fit in. And, and if you can, for sure. if you can just make that a little bit easier for them in the form of a scavenger hunt, in the form of getting them to ask questions that kind of uh, build that relational side of it, I think that's huge. The other thing that I wanted to highlight that um, really shone through in this last section here, Kurt, is you guys go broad. It's not like on your first day, you're like, hey, so here's your job. You go dig ditches and this is yeah. your shovel and go do it. <laughs> you're like, here's this division of the company. Here's this division of the company. Here are these staff. This is what they do. Maybe mm -hmm. speak to the value uh, in, in doing that. Why is it so important for somebody new to see the greater context that they fit into? Well, if we want to be a company that, you know, wants to grow leaders and promote advancement, we got to show them what the whole big picture looks like. We got to show them that there's room to grow in our company, that there's room to gain more skills or to, to pursue different interests. Um, so like, if, if they don't understand the org structure in all 35 staff that we have approximately today um, and see where they're at and how they can move around in there, um, that's going to limit them. So, and, and I know when I do my onboarding part of it, when I talk about, you know, culture and org structure and that kind of stuff, I really show people, Hey, you know, Chad, who's a general manager, Lee, who's a general manager, Ryan, who's a sales manager. They all started by scraping walls mm. and, and sweeping floors. Every one of them. Um, they all work their way up in a company and we are, we are not a, we're not going to, we're not going to promote based on how much time you've been here. We're going to promote you based on your ability to produce for a company. And when they can see all the different arms of our company working together for that same common goal, that just gives them that incentive or that vision that they can keep on growing within our company. So good. They, they can see a future for themselves within beyond foam when you do that. Yeah. Um, if I could just highlight one, one more quick point before we move on. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with, with this advancement piece. One additional one that's a bit more immediate. I think that there is a power to understanding how one's individual work, like how my work influences other people totally. today, yeah. tomorrow, next month. Right. So if, if I'm, if I'm a, a field worker, like a production person, how does my work influence the office people? Um, yes. What does the world of the sales people look like? And what are the promises that they're setting to the customer that then I'll have to deliver on, right? So yep. every organization is is very interconnected between what everyone does. And I think that there's a big power in everyone understanding what the different roles are like. So yeah, we talk a lot about who's your who, at beyond, you know, who's the person that that's getting you to your goals. Cause you have your deliverables, right? You have your accountabilities that you have to do in the targets. Well, who's helping you get there, you know, by training you or encouraging you or doing proper meetings and setting, you know, targets with you. Who are the people that are actually physically doing the work that are trying to make times and to, to make their deliverables. Right. And so, so when they, when they come in here and they realize that, yeah, this is not them on an Island, you know, onto themselves kind of thing that they, they are part of a system that if everyone just does their job well, then we're going to succeed as a company. Totally. So I, I think that's a really, um, there's some 
very practical steps there that we've just unpacked as far as like getting uh, a new person familiar with your culture. Um, one thing I, I know you do unbelievably well, Kurt, is is you actually go out of your way to get to know new people yourself. Like, so just mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the steps you follow to, you know, keep track of personal interests and know what their their life goals are. Like, you know, what are you doing to uh, keep a record of all that, to bring it up later on in conversation? Walk us through your process there. Um, we, we just cheat and write everything down. Uh, <laughs> it's really the biggest thing. Total, total yeah, hack. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. So like part of, part of our questionnaires um, as they're going through the lesson link is we grade you on everything. So when, when we say, what are your interests? If you write nothing in there, you get a zero. If, if, ben, if you, Benji, say, hey, you know what? I like skiing and I like going to the keg with my girlfriend. You know, if that's what I the do things like that you things. like doing, right, which would both be good things, right? Um then, then we write that down. We, we it's in it's in our forms. Um, we just move it into a document for all of our staff that we have and what their interests are. And so we just we keep track of that. And when we do our evaluations, when we do our career meetings, all that stuff, we pull up that file. We look at some of those things. We make sure that we know kind of where they're at with stuff. And as other people in our company find out more information about them, we just have a place that we dump that information. And then are like. As a leader, I'm sort of a, a performance manager, if you will. How do you work that into um, career development, into GSR meetings? Like, is is that stuff that you you do stuff with later? Yeah, we definitely use it for stuff. Not more. Not- more so on the trust side of the relationships instead of the performance side on the relationship, or maybe maybe I should put it more as a relational capital side is where we use those things. Like um, we have a TV down in our office that has a pie chart that when you walk in, you can see what percentage of gross profit we are at at the month and what our goal is. Mm. And it's just in percentages. So every day when you walk in, you see that as part of our performance culture stuff that we do. Right. And, and when we, when we get, when the pie is full, we celebrate as a company, whether we go, archery tagging or we rented sumo suits and just beat each other up on the lawn in the front yard here or we've gone to the train of terror and you know done the haunted train thing with everybody we, we just do events with people because that's who we are as a culture right with with COVID happening some of that stuff has really slowed down for us and so we still want to have that performance culture so now we now we cheat and we use their interests and we buy them gift cards and so now I know Benji likes skiing and he likes the keg um, I actually already have in a folder downstairs in the office, a hundred dollar gift card for Benji for the keg and a $50 gift card for sport check or whatever the source um, uh, for him. And and we try and be as personable with that as we possibly can. So as we get to know something, um, you know, I, I met with a guy the other day and, um, that works for me and he's done a little bit of jujitsu and I'm a jujitsu guy. Well, I went out to like the best jujitsu place in town and I got him a gift card for that place. Like it's, right. it's rock and you walk in there and it's amazing. And so I could have gone to sport check and got him a gift card, but I went to a place that I know that he's going to be excited when he walks in there. And so when he performs and he does stuff that represents the DNA of our company by, you know, cleaning up a little extra or making a client happy by staying a little extra long to finishing a project and not letting it go to two days or whatever it is that we just reward them immediately for that. And that's all part of the information that we're, and they don't even remember that they put that in 
on our onboarding stuff, they don't remember because we're giving them so much information that day. They don't remember. They said we, they like Japanese village um, right. as their favorite restaurant. But when we give them that card, they're like, how'd you guys know that? Well, we cheated. We wrote it down. This is just another huge gold nugget. I, I, I want to emphasize, like do not underestimate the power of personalized gifts and incentives. Oh, yeah. If somebody was like, Hey, you know, if you win this sales competition, there's a hundred bucks. I'm like, I, I don't care. Right. Yeah. But if, if you said, Hey, we're going to get you this hundred dollar thing that you're probably not going to buy for yourself, but yeah. it's totally connected to your own like personal interests. Then I'm, then I really care. So, yeah. um, that's a really good piece there. Kurt, you've got a, um, before I move on, you've got a really great policy, uh, <laughs> within beyond foam that I want you to talk a little bit about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We're, you're talking about the no turds policy here at Beyond Foam. So, yeah, if we if we get a turd um, as part of the group, uh, we just flush it as quick as possible. Um, typically, at this stage in our company, I don't flush them anymore. Uh, management doesn't flush them anymore. Frontline workers flush them for us. So we get somebody that comes into the company, and for whatever reason, they got through our onboard or our our conversion calls. They got through our interviewing process, all that kind of stuff. If we get a guy come up here is like, this guy is a turd. We say, yeah, he's done. You know, like it, we, we just do not accept that anymore. And, and it's not like we're perfect in the no turd policy. We've, we've hung on to some turds a little bit too long <laughs> and um, it's not a good feeling. Uh, but we, we just have drawn the line as a company. And if you're a turd, you're, you're gone. And that's another, that's another really cool benefit of having this like organization wide onboarding thing is this new person gets to touch and build relationships, hopefully build relationships yep. with so many others. But to, to the point, right, if there is an issue there with the personality or the cultural fit or the performance ability, things like that, a whole bunch of people in your organization are going to are gonna find out and tell you pretty quick. Yep. It yep. self-regulates. Exactly. And self-regulate. You know, we we want people to feel dissonance if they don't fit our DNA. We want them to feel super, super uncomfortable. That's that's our goal. If they fit our DNA, they fit our DNA, they're gonna love it. They're gonna thrive. They're gonna joke around, they're gonna work hard. You know, we're 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 gonna have a lot of fun doing what we do. I love it. I love a good no no turds policy. Um Kurt tell me this like you you've implemented this you've you've got some really phenomenal steps that we've just gone through um what kind of feedback are you getting from staff that have been through this yeah i love that question you know we've now at this point we've actually put every staff member whether they've been with us for two months or 10 years through our onboarding program because it's a living document we want people to keep on you know, we want feedback on it first off, and then we want to grow it. Um, from the people that we've onboarded in the last short while, the biggest things are is just it's an emotional connection. It's they, they felt welcomed, they felt engaged, um, they felt like there was momentum, um, they felt educated and involved. Like there's lots of words that they're using. I actually went around this morning and I asked four people who we onboarded in the last month. You know. Tell me something you liked and tell me something you felt because that's what we do, right? And if they couldn't come up with both of those, I was failing as what we're trying to do. And they all came back to me mostly mostly with how they felt um, as, and a bunch of dudes telling you, hey, man, I felt welcome. You know, I felt I felt good. I, I, have, I have one guy that we onboarded a couple of weeks ago talking about the Oilers. He comes in, throws his garbage in my Oilers trash can because he says that's where it belongs, right? So we built enough rapport <laughs> that he, like, like there's that community, you know, that that camaraderie that we have. So how many 
and I don't see myself as the CEO. Like that's not how I picture myself. That's my title. It's my role. But people that start working here, you know, for whatever reason, they'll feel intimidated to go see the CEO. Now I got a sales guy that comes and throws his old bananas in my in my trash can, right? So my office stinks and not his, right? It's just <laughs> one of those things where, where you know, when they start to feel like they have that relationship with me. I feel like they're going to put out and produce. And and I want to back up because again, a lot of this stuff is a little bit selfish. You know, like I want people to feel dialed in culturally quick. So we're talking about that, that right. But I don't want it to cost me $2,000 for every person to do it. I don't want it to take months and months and months of time. Again, momentum, trying to get things done quickly, just being you know rational with, with how long is it going to take. And so I really want to try and do this in six hours. You know, I want them to leave after six hour day exhausted, their mind just blown with everything that they're doing and, and ready to come back to work the next day to actually start their training part of it. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. So much, so many good points there, like to get it off on the right start, to get people in the right mindset and, uh, and, and to set a really high level of, like standard of onboarding. So good. Um, Let's let's transition to to another topic here, just because I know Kurt. There's so many amazing things when it comes to uh, what we can call fast tracking, which is this concept of like how do you get someone skilled up as quickly as possible. So, um, Kurt, like tell tell me a bit about that. I know that you you guys have made some really amazing like standard operating procedures for. Uh, all the main stuff that a lot of people do you've have these yep. like these competency models to like have a checklist uh, to be able to evaluate whether it's you or a person kind of grading themselves you integrate some really cool technology to do it tell me a bit about that like after they've gone through their first day or two how do you work uh, how do you begin to work in like a bit of this like technical or skill side of things yeah, for sure that's that's a great question it, it all started about seven or eight years ago when we started writing down excuse me on a paper copy um, what would what you would call a log book and so so again benji shows up he's not a skilled guy he's just big and strong and he wants to work and and so we say you know what we have a program and then we call it like a level one level two level three helper level one level two level three sprayer and and it's a comp model procedure where Benji can go in, he can verify skill sets, people sign off on it, he learns how to poly a window, scrape foam off a wall, how to do density checks, how to do some technical stuff, and we have it all in there. Um, and then as it gets signed off, he can move up. So you, Benji's not allowed to come ask for a raise until I, until he has proven he's competent in, in certain things. So so it's a, it's a roadmap. Do you want to make 18 bucks an hour, Benji, or do you want to make 90 grand a year? So like this is how you do it. Now with, with using technology, it's really helped us amp that up. And it used to take us about a year to get somebody from, from brand new hire that just had some of the, the, the starting attributes or compelling qualities that we needed. Like they have to be a self-starter. They have to, you know, client care, great communication, you know, some of those, those things to now all of a sudden he's running a truck and he's, he's producing for us and he's on his own. Um, and so that used to take us about a year ish, maybe a little bit longer. And so with the use of technology, we use a program called Lessonly. Again, we just moved all those competency models into a digital form. And so now we're using more videos, pictures, um, there's testing, there's questions, there's places for them to actually video themselves doing it and then hitting enter and it uploads so that we can verify the skill set. So it takes a lot of that um, extra work out of it and just makes it really streamlined for us. With, without having all the paperwork done, this would have been a, an enormous 
um, you know, undertaking because we've had some of these systems in place for a while now. It's moving over. It's making them better. Um, we call it a live document so that, you know, it's never complete. It's never finished. It's always getting better. And, and that's, that's what we use is, is that technology now to help us out. Mm-hmm. So cool. So much good stuff. And um, so coming back to, to the story here, so if Benji's kind of a, a new employee at Beyond Film, what are some of these, these main modules that you've pre-built that he's going through in his first week? What kind well, of stuff is if, it? If, yeah, so it's, yeah, obviously very skilled, um, skill orientated. There's a Beyond Foam way to roll up an extension cord. And if you don't do it right, people are going to bark at you. You're like, dude, that's not how we do it here. And um, so like, you have to, Benji's going to have to learn that. Um, but back in the day, 15 years ago, 12 years ago, it used to be don't lick that chemical, you know, don't touch that, uh, you know, and, and hurry. Um, that, that was that was our SOPs. Um, but now we've, we've broken it down into ways that keep our trucks running um people learn things step by step in a logical way how to start up equipment how to shut down equipment how to clean things how to prep things um you know like th- there's all those things how to even go to the storage room and get the materials in, you need for the day that's all in our sops now that i could i as long as you can read you, you can do it like there's there's really no no stopping you we, i put my 13 year old kid through some of our competency models just to see if he could figure it out and he does right and so we, we just try and make it as simple as we possibly can hmm. we really live in a fascinating world from that perspective and and i'll jokingly say this but even if someone doesn't read uh you can have them learn so much of this yep. through the power of video mm-hmm. right yep. and and I'm, I'm joking i'm sure they'll read but it, the, the point i'm getting at is video is such a powerful tool that can be used as well to demonstrate certain concepts like i remember um you know almost like 15 years ago i trained hundreds and hundreds of people on ladder safety and fall arrest systems like in, in, in my in my painting company. When I think of the number of times that I've said the same thing, right. done the yep. same thing, I'm like, man, don't you have to repeat this one more time with like the next crew and the next crew. And um, and and we we work in these industries that are so like what you said, like how to how to cover a window, how to roll up an extension cord, how to how to make sure that ladders are set up safely. I've the, the, all these things are such repetitive tasks, right? Like I would teach Here's how you scrape sand and prime failing paint on siding over and over again. But really, I could have put just a little bit of energy into producing a great video mm-hmm. with the instructions, with a great written SOP, with a competency model, the checklist of all the things you got to do. And boom, now 100 people can consume it. 2,000 people can, can yeah. consume it in its kind of most perfect example. So, um, Kurt, what I want to hear about is this Lessonly platform and just how you do it in there. And I've seen your stuff and it's so cool and I love how beautifully simple it is. There's written stuff, there's video, but in this in this modern day and age, like we can take what we know really well within our organization, you and your key people, and put it into a a a place where it's going to live and continue to live so so many people can look at it. So what tell tell me a bit about that just for for people who haven't seen it in your organization. What does it look like? For sure, yeah, and, and Lessonly is just one of many of these type of lesson programs that are out there. So we, we use this one because we like it, and and, and to to explain, I'll, I'll kind of go through what I actually 
had an epiphany last week where um, I had a couple of guys come up to me and say, Hey Kurt, I want to get trained on how to sell concrete lifting. Cause I'm out and about all the time. We're already lifting concrete at one person's house. I don't know how to sell the neighbor when they come and say, Hey, how much will this cost? I have no idea what to do. Right. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, no problem. I'll put on a course on Saturday morning. It'll take about four hours, three, four hours. And we, we can do that. I'll invite a bunch of people. And then I'm like, well, that's stupid. You know, like I have all the PowerPoint presentation made for this course. I'll just put it on Lessonly. So I literally go on there. I use a little app called Tiny Takes. I record my voice over top of the slides. I go through the slide presentation. Um, you can add different segments in there. You can add more points, more bullet points. You can, again, ask the questions in there. It took me about three hours to build the course that now... 50 people can take tomorrow. And so, you know, if you're going to look for a program like that, you're just looking for something that you can integrate well, that it's easy to upload videos. It's easily easy to adapt it and change it. It's easy to take parts of it and move it to different paths. And we call them paths. So like some of the sales paths are in all of our sales training and some of them are just in the concrete lifting one. Mm -hmm. And we can slide videos back and forth in there and, and move things around. And so we just found one that's kind of simple to use. And, it, and as far as a user from your, your phone, from your laptop, from your tablet, it's really easy just to keep on just plugging and playing and just hitting the arrow button. Yeah. You know what's so cool about this is you've got a, um, you have a mindset that sort of lends to creating these lessons and, and, and creating standardization. But th that's obviously something you, you've learned yourself because I hear pushback on this a lot throughout the industry. This, this, I have this conversation often, more often than I should, talking about building a training system or creating a standard operating procedure. And someone will say, well, every job is different. Like every, every customer is different. I, you know, I, there's absolutely no point in trying to write some sort of process because it's too dynamic and ever-changing. You know, do, do, would you challenge someone who maybe is, is operating under that belief? Because in my opinion, it's, yeah, there's a couple things that are different, but there's a whole hell of a lot that's exactly the same every time. For sure. Well, we, we spray polyurethane foam insulation. You know, it is one of the more technical things that will ever come out of a gun with pressures and temperatures and, and substrate temperatures and humidity levels and all these factors. We, we, we drive around in quarter million dollar trucks um, that we're just letting Benji take out after six <laughs> months because he's fully trained, right? And, and they have to know that it's not, it's not if it's going to break, it's when it's going to break. And they have to be, now Benji has to be competent to be able to get that truck up and running or ask the right questions that he doesn't break things more. Um, so if I can do it in a business where that's just one product that we spray out of probably what 20 different products that we spray out of probably 15 different types of equipment, mm -hmm. you know what, if I can do it, I, anyone can do it. And I'm not, I'm not the intellectual guy. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not a, I'm not a big thinker. Um, but I'm a, like I said before, right when we began, I'm a momentum guy. So if I can see momentum and how this is going to help move us forward, there's lots of good little practical steps that we can use. And, and really at this point in our company, we're not the ones necessarily even building the SOPs anymore, or making them better. We're not the ones that are creating the content as much anymore. We have people that are doing that for us, like inside the company, because Juan is way better at the paint machines than I am than I'll ever be. Right. And, you know, Juan used to make his living painting. So he's, he's videoing the SOPs. I brought in a photographer to videotape him, to edit the video down, to do all that kind of stuff. It cost me a hundred bucks, but now I have 35 people that know exactly how beyond foam cleans the paint machine. Right. And, and th those, so even though you're, might be painting something different, that SOP 
is done and, and it's done the exact same way every time. And so if, if you think you're a company that's really in the weeds and things are so super different, then you got to pick the commonality things. You know, how do you, how do you bring a saw into a building? Um, how do you put a hose into a window without wrecking that hose? You know, all those, those common things, shoot layups first before you right. start shooting three pointers, right? Um, start, start the easy things first. And then you're going to find that, Hey, once you get bugged once, twice, three times about the same problem, once you've had spray foam over someone's dryer three times, and you're sick of replacing people's dryer lids, then, then you write an SOP on how do you prep a dryer? You know, like th- those are, those are the things that all of a sudden we get the common callback things. We build an SOP, we train it, we make, we make it mandatory for everybody to listen to it and watch it. And then we move forward with it. Yeah. And I think if we're really honest with ourselves, Benji, to, to your point and what you hear a lot of in the industry, like to, to, to that question, like what I would challenge people to do is, is look at like what your average employees, all the things that they do in any given day, write them out. And while absolutely different industries, especially more complex ones might have stuff that takes a lot of critical thinking mm-hmm. and where, where situations are different. The reality is of all the tasks they do, there's a ton of them in there every day to the way that you kind of prep a truck before you, you you get going, to the way that you clean stuff up, to the way that you roll up an extension cord, so to speak. There are standardized ways to do stuff, to, to do things. And and it's to grab the low-hanging fruit because that that's where you can actually hold expectations. If there was never a standardized way to do something, whether it's the way that you greet the customer or clean up at the end of the day or keep the shop tidy or whatever... Um, you can't actually hold people accountable if you've not done the work to create, to set the expectations, essentially. Totally. So, so Kurt, like on that note, you uh, have had quite the journey over the last, you know, eight or, or whatever years. Like, can, can you um, compare and contrast, you know, a time in the, in the past when you didn't have these competency models built out, you didn't have the SOPs written, you didn't have Lessonly versus now, like how much more confident and comfortable are oh. you with what's going on around you? You, you run a big complex organization with many people doing many things every day there's risk associated like has all of this stuff allowed you to sleep a little easier at night oh a hundred percent um like when when i when i think about what we used to do and the, and the manpower it took to make sure that we were doing things well and the cost to us as a company it's exponential <clears throat> Benji, I expect you to produce a million dollars worth of work a year. Like you're right. out there spraying foam, your truck will do a million dollars worth of work for us, right? So what is that? You you are making me $120 an hour approximately. Well, if I can make hour-long tasks eight minutes, or if I can train your helper to do them that you're actually producing and, and making me more money during those times, what is that doing for me as a company, right? So, so think about it on that financial side first. And then as far as the sleeping at night thing, we used to hire, we used to have a full-time person that would drive around and do what we call the PSE, a pre-spray check, and then do a PSI, a post-spray inspection on every job that we sprayed to make sure the job was ready for us and that the quality was where our level wanted it to be. Then we started implementing our SOPs. And now it's the type of pictures that they're taking and sending back to the estimator that triggers whether we need to do an on-site visit. It probably saved our company $120,000 a year the first year. And that's pure profit. Now, now Chad doesn't do that. He's out making us money instead of costing us money by making sure jobs are ready, jobs are done well. And, and so 
once we got the systems done that the guys are trained and they were verified skill sets, I don't have to worry about Benji going to a complex cantilever and with us saying, hey, we wanted a vented airspace in this cantilever. There's three heat lines. There's a couple of water lines. Here are the pictures. Go and do it. We know you're going to prep it right. We know that you're going to spray it right. We know, we know there's not going to be any callbacks on it. And you're going to take the pictures that we need to verify that. That all gets uploaded into our system. We have that forever. Kurt, there's so many uh, gold nuggets packed into this this last uh, this last hour. Or so um, I, I want to sort of finish the conversation just with your advice or insight. Like, what would you share with an entrepreneur who's you know maybe has an awareness that this is something that they should invest in for their own company, but they're they're a little intimidated by taking this on. A- a- any sort of just words of wisdom for someone in that situation. You know, for me and what has been, um, and this is where I get to pump BTA's tires a little bit, but for me, what it's been is uh, there was a point in our company where we did not know what questions to ask ourselves, right? You know, I, I look at Kevin and he look at me and I'm like, hey, have you ever run a company worth $2 million? I'm like, no, me neither. You know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. And then we did that at $3 million and a $5 million and a $7 million, right? And we, and so, my, my advice is to find somebody that knows the questions to ask you first off and has a bit of a system of how to get there. And, and you guys do a great job for, did a great job for us as far as just systematizing the questions in the right order to build something that is real. And once we had that built, then the natural, natural DNA of our company started oozing out of us because we weren't worried about so many of those little nitpicky things. Right. And so uh, that's a horrible answer to your question, um, possibly. Um, so, on other words, I'd probably say start with the stuff that's the easiest to do, and 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 go from there. And once you once you nail down one thing, then go on to the next thing. And once you nail down that, go on to the next thing. And and obviously, if you're on the tools, a contractor that's you know in the weeds. 50, 90 percent of the time, you know it gets tough to do that. Other than you've got to start using other people that are around you to help you. Hey, how would you write this down? Can you videotape me doing this? You know, can we, you know, can we just accumulate data and do little small things um, one at a time? That's probably where you have to start. Um, As far as like the implementation, the SOP stuff. For me personally, because of my personality, I'm a big picture guy. I had to start with the DNA of our company of, you know, what makes me tick, what makes me happy, you know, what, what are the things that I want people to feel and learn when they, when they, when they get here or are on our team. And then the tasks started to fall out of that. Um, I'm lucky in the way that I have Kevin who really can systematize things really, really well. Like he's, um, I call him socially awkward. It's only half true. Um, but he, he's the guy that likes to sit in the office and look at stuff and analyze it and say, Hey, Kurt, this is a dumb idea. Hey, Kurt, this is a good idea. Have you ever thought about it this way? Um, he, he really centers us as a company. And so having someone to bounce ideas off of, talk to about um, is massive for us. Um, it's massive for Kevin and I, and then now as being part of BTA, it's even bigger with, you know, Dan Stav and our, and our group, you know, the boat group, um, avid contracting, like those guys that, that ask us these questions that really make us better. And, and, you know, to really circle back and to the first question you asked is why did you start this onboarding process? Mm -hmm. And it's because Dan Stav says, said our first one was weak. 
it was it wasn't good and that got my dander up and i'm a competitive dude and so i'm like let's make this thing great um let's let's put the bar to a different level right and and so if he would have never challenged me to start something um i wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys today it would it'd be a very different conversation Oh, that, that that dense dev i wonder if he yeah. uh i wonder if he did that on purpose he knows what grinds your gears <laughs> oh dude yeah he yeah. just throws out a quick chirp and all of a sudden you build a perfect onboarding process yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a characteristic of a good coach yeah um guys so so many good things we talked about i just i want to close it off with with a point that we've mentioned a number of times i just i really want to drill it home because because i passionately believe this is true and and we've we've said it over and over again and that is it's not rocket science right? Like, yes, I understand there's time constraints. You're working a ton. There's so many things you're managing, uh, in the business in addition to everything else you have going on in life. But from an actual like intellectual perspective, like of of the skills and the complexity it takes to do this, it's all pretty reasonable stuff, right? What we're saying is like, think about the human experience of a new human joining your organization, and, and how you want them to feel and how you want them to integrate into your culture and the community that you have, right? You take the time to think through that and you implement some of these these great but basic things that, that, that Kurt talked about are so powerful. You think about how are we going to get this person skilled up at the beginning, right? How can I use the technology that we have available to us to pre-record things so I'm not repeating them over and over again? How do I get to know this person so that I can make them feel valued and understand what they care about? Um, it's, it's all just very rational kind of human relations type stuff. And um, I think that's one of the biggest things that I'd love, you know, listeners to, to take away. Like, we're not geniuses. Kurt is, isn't either like he's just we we, we kind of think rationally and simply about this it makes sense on the back of a napkin so to speak and mm-hmm. it's just about taking some some time to do it i truly believe that that any entrepreneur in the contracting space can implement this stuff to a pretty high level and if you do so you're going to be miles better than the competition light years and it's going to echo in your people and therefore we're in a labor-driven business it's going to echo in in the experience of your whole brand that every customer has so <laughs> it's very powerful stuff Let's leave it at that. Kurt, awesome. it's been wonderful hanging out with you. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, cannot wait to see you in person, which fingers crossed is going to be sometime soon. Yeah, I got a uh, big hug waiting for you. Awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and, and man, I just want to say one more time. I love what you and Kevin are doing really good job on, on all of this onboarding and training stuff and, and the way that, that you guys, you guys run your, your company. You're definitely a great example in the contracting space of what, what can be done. So keep up the amazing work, man. Thank you. All right. Take care. See you guys. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, hit that subscribe button. It's what allows us to produce more awesome content for you totally for free.